Hello, this is D.B. Richards from the 2300 Wrestling Podcast, and this season is dedicated to Bill Palmerino. Rest in peace, my friend. Welcome, everybody, to the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, D.B. Richards, alongside my sweet... Referee Dave Keener. I mean, it's more like a Tahitian treat tonight instead of a sweet tea. Dude, you always worry about the sweet tea. Why was that a sweet tea? I'm sorry. I know. Oh my God. It's been weeks and weeks and weeks and Horrible. weeks. But you're still my sweet tea. I mean, Wawa doesn't have the tea anymore. Like, I go in to get tea and there's nothing there. But you're still my sweet tea. Just right. remember that. But I hear our guest in the background laughing while he's on the phone. Because he knows you're a Keener and he's Probably. making fun of you. So, who do we have on today? We have on today Rico de la Vega. Because I can't roll. I can't do that roll in the back of the tongue thing. No, I can't do it. That's what your girlfriend tells you. You can't. Wow. <laughs> he went there already, you fat-looking, dopey mother. Everybody's, la- everybody's laughing. Holy crap. So, like, yesterday, we were at Super Crazy, and I was on the roll, and O-Dog and Denise were laughing the whole time. So, poor, poor Keener over here. I only rib him. I don't rib anybody else, because he's my brother, and I just like to have fun with him. Yeah, you're just my ride. I work. I do everything. You drive me around. Hey, I'm a good driver. You're lucky you got a ride. No, I'm just kidding. So, I always do the road trip. Yesterday, I was too tired, so I didn't go into his second show yesterday, just because I needed to sleep. I was that tired. Woke up and I saw. I I was at uh, DCW in Felton, Delaware at the uh, Delaware Auto Exchange. Yeah, I was sleeping. (laughs) I I refereed Super Crazy at 10 a.m. was the call time for a noon show. It was a great show. And then I went to Felton, Delaware to work for DCW in a cold, cold, cold building. I'm so happy I didn't go in there. I had my heat, 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 and watching the town. But don't get me wrong, the Waffle House afterwards, always a great deal. But it was cold. Cold. Yeah, in cold. the Waffle House. The Waffle House was cold. At least the food wasn't cold. I mean, it's colder than a hooker's tit on the New York morning. Oh, okay. Let's let's get let's get into the storyline. We do have people out there that don't wa- listen to wrestling. They don't know a lot of things about wrestling, but they like to listen to the podcast because they learn something about them. So, can we get a little background about you first? Sure. Uh, well, first of all, I appreciate you guys for having me on the show. Uh, no problem. You know, it's definitely. Uh, I can check that one off the book. When it comes to podcast, thank you. And, uh, but thank you because you're like one of the first people on Facebook that I can come and chat to and like see how you're doing, and you do the same thing with everybody else. See everybody else. So we like, have to say thank you. I got you plenty to of them. workers like that that I talk to. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, man. Open door policy with me. Um, in regard to me, my history. I mean, I guess I could say you know I, I grew up watching wrestling. I knew that's what I wanted to do. Uh, ended up going to the world famous Monster Factory. That's where I was trained at and this was back in 2014 uh yeah ever since uh ended up in the midwest somehow now i am currently uh forming more so in the midwest i just did a show yesterday at the mfpw at the monster factory uh but yeah as of now i'm currently based in the midwest i work for a uh, aaw out there i work for galley lucha libre uh bunch of different uh, organizations but you know uh you you can't always permanently permanently leave home so you'll you'll catch me here at the monster factory like once or twice a month so when you trained at the Monster Factory, was it Meanie and Bill that were the trainers? Um, when I was at the Monster Factory, when I just started, it was uh, obviously Danny Cage's coach. Uh, uh, QT Marshall was training us as well as uh, the Blue Meanie. Uh, then uh, Damian Priest obviously was there as well. He had a hand in uh, my training too. Uh, but yeah, but my, the, my class included uh, Matt Riddle, it included LSG, it included Shaheem Ali, it included, uh, you know, a bunch of talent like that. Whole, Great talent. I guess I call it a class. That whole class that began around the same time that I did, uh, everybody's going to do great things, man, and I couldn't be prouder. Like, it's a bunch of us. So, yeah, right. but yeah, that, that, that's who, uh, you could only be as good as whatever school you go to, and I tell everybody, man, if you're going to invest, definitely invest in a place like the Monster Factory or the Monster Factory itself, because you're going to get bar none the best foundation in professional wrestling, and the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, I agree with you. I 
mean, I we did something at the Monster Factory once where C.W. Anderson came in and did a um, seminar, and I walked I there. Where, yeah, I was there too. I, I walked yeah. in the gym, and Louise, Damien Priest, was sitting there working out, yeah. and I walked up to him and like I, I literally looked up to him to shake his hand. Yeah. He's a big dude. <laughs> yes, sir. I remember that. It was about four or five years ago, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, C.W. was over there. Uh, yeah, that we that was our class. We were all training there. Yeah, uh, I, I went up with my brother, and we went and did ECWA after that with C.W. Anderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Wow, that's incredible. Time flies, man. Right. My God. Yeah, I only been to the Monster Factory once, and it wasn't even for a Monster Factory show. No, it was for um the um child molester guy. But we don't want to get there. <laughs> yeah, you guys are killing me, man. You need to come out to a show. Yeah, like if he's booked, I can't go anywhere. See, I'm reffing all over the place lately, and if I'm not booked on a Saturday night, I definitely got to get out to Danny and see Danny when Danny shows. Last time I yeah. saw Danny, I was working for the Phillies. I did a day game. No, you saw him at Ring Honors. That, mm, let me get to that. Okay. We were at uh, Death Before Dishonor, and I walked uh, up. I saw Danny sitting over there, and I walked up. He got up, gave me a hug, said, hi, how are you? What the fuck are you doing here? I'm like, well, I got them to the Phillies game, so I figured I'd come hang out and watch the show. He's like, awesome, awesome, awesome. Good to see you. He's like, my boy's in the ring. Like, yeah, I see Jacob in the ring now. But it's it's fun. Like, I literally, like, Danny Cage is a really cool dude. He's like, here's my number. Call him. I need to get him on the podcast, too. And before, he had to, like, do something and had to cancel it. But we'll get him back on it sometime I in mean, the future. When he had the long hair, he looked like the dude. I thought you'd call him. Uh, yeah, totally does. And I, and I texted does. him. I'm like, dude, you're the dude. He goes, what do you mean? I'm like, you look like Jeff. Bridges from the Big Lebowski, and I sent him a side by side. He goes, "Oh shit!" Oh shit! <laughs> but oh, Danny's a great dude. Yeah, everybody's yeah, a great dude. Everybody's a great dude to you. He's a great hey, dude. He's a great dude. He's I'm a great a dude. dude. You're a dude. We're all dudes. Wouldn't you like to be a dude too? Yeah, sure. Oh my god. See, we like to have fun on the show too. You not know what I mean? Your, we, not your average ordinary podcast. Like we want to hear stories. Want to hear about your career? We want to know about the awesome road stories you have. You know what I mean? You might have seen some because I seen a lot ubering and left doing all that everywhere i go and you see things or you hear stories and it's like oh my gosh but um oh, there's, there, i mean there's plenty i mean you know obviously through my uh my journey that took me eventually to the country for roh working for different companies and stuff and all that hold on a minute you're, you're breaking up some really cool thing hold up you're oh, breaking crap. up yeah, you're... okay let me know okay yeah, go ahead. Good. okay uh give me a second they got clouds out so i gotta slow down real quick yeah 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 <laughs> dude be be your safe man everybody needs to be safe 100 uh Take so yeah so basically no uh like i was saying just given through what i've experienced so far as far as like uh you know i, I definitely have stories it, it just depends what we're talking about and stuff but you know I, i've been fortunate enough to go from the factory to work for ring of honor you know uh, doing their commentary being able to uh you know uh coexist and, and sit under the learning tree of a lot of very like you know prominent uh commentators prominent uh wrestlers of referees i mean you name it it's yeah. uh, definitely a good experience and you know it, i humbly say that i've been fortunate enough to wrestle in canada to wrestle you know all across the country to work for different uh promotions prominent promotions uh to uh be able to share a ring with like legends and i'm like sheesh this is uh it's been a good ride so far oh i totally understand like if it wasn't for dave and and his brother really because i don't yeah i really don't talk to mike but if it wasn't wasn't for them too i wouldn't have jumped in this rabbit hole they call pro wrestling like that i might have been still that freaking loser fan fan going oh look at that guy no i'm just kidding but um i enjoy it but like since i've been doing this podcast thing and people coming on my show and our show i'm sorry yeah. don't get upset I mean, getting to work and hang out with people like um Rhett. oh Rhett was fun Rhett titus so we do great we do, guy. We, i love Rhett. I love Rhett. Rhett's a great he's a good, dude. So he's we, amazing. He's one of my closest uh, friends, uh, especially like like before ROH, I knew a Rhett. Like he would come to the factory all the time, man. I hit it off with him instantly. He's a great dude. So we do like this um, Dave Pitcher thing. We go out to wrestlers because I do go by DB Richards on the show, but I my real name is Dave. So we wear Mine name too. Dave stickers. Okay. Yes. And so... We get wrestlers that get put the sticker on and get in the picture because they want to be a Dave too. It's a little marketing scheme, you know what I mean? Right, but the greatest story with that was we were at Icons back in, not the one that just passed, but the one before that. And I was talking to one of my buddies who's a ring announcer, Jason. He re-announces for ACPW. And his people brought in Gerald Briscoe. And Jerry's looking at us and he sees we have Dave on So he goes to grab a piece of paper. But we told him the story first. Right. So he goes to grab a piece of paper and he goes to write Dave and he goes to put it 
it up. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. We got name tags for that. We got name tags for that. We and, play and right on them. Jerry Briscoe puts it on. And he goes, that's pretty freaking cool. So <laughs> we were over with Jerry Briscoe. That's great. <laughs> so like Brett, Brett, um, we got Rhett to do it. And like one day, like we were at a wrestling show. He's walked selling going back. He turns his head. He goes, holy crap, it's the Daves. It was at, then, a, at a dog show in Glassboro, New Jersey. And then he gets back to selling again and walks back. And that's the funniest story about Rhett. It's like, it's holy the Daves. <laughs> he, he broke kayfabe just for that little bit. <laughs> Bought you from a mile away, huh? Yeah. Right. He. We're sitting there and we're talking to um the other one of the other. We were talking um, to Mark Mess and, and we were talking to Dave. Yeah. Okay. We were talking to Brian. We were talking to Brian. Picard. Right. And we're just sitting there and we're talking. And we saw Rhett walk and out. Rhett but, walks by. But Rhett has his hand out. He's selling and he's selling. And he stops. He looks up. He goes, Dave's. Goes back and starts selling again. <laughs> That's what we just said. <laughs> right. No, but I know. But it just. It was he saw. He told the story again, so I'm keeping in this on this whole thing. But um, now, like um, earlier in the day, he was covering up, and I noticed his shirt. And oh, no, like, I noticed the boots. I, I knew. It and was him. like because he wasn't supposed to be there, right. but he went out there to talk to the the guy playing the music, and Alfred. And I'm like, that looks like Rhett. And he goes, How do you know that looks like Rhett? I'm like, It's the shirt. And he goes, What do you mean the shirt? I pulled out the picture. He did the my day picture with us. It's like this shirt. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Look at the boots. That's him. <laughs> That's him. <laughs> we didn't say anything to anybody. Everybody's no. like. Who is that? Who is that? I was like, it's nobody. Don't worry about uh, it. I'm not telling you. <laughs> we, we can keep oh, everything. Oh, we yeah. can keep everything together. But this is about you, not Red Titus, but nay. <laughs> we like to bring stuff in stories and tell you stories that, hey, it's fun. So Dave loves this question. He wants to, he likes to bring it up first. And so he wants to know, Which how one? did we get there? I, I seriously believe that there's no storyline in wrestling anymore. Like, I, I want to know why. Why are we doing a ladder match? Why? Why are we uh, doing a light bulb match? Why are we doing a death match? Why? There's no buildup anymore. Like, it's automatically like Rico you're gonna work this guy and you're doing a light bulb match well why wow so you, 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 yeah, you really opened up Pandora's box with that one yes right. we are good at that oh yeah so do you believe that that build up is gone not completely okay uh, uh, alright so let me kind of set it up here I am one of those I don't know I guess a lot of people tend to call that old school mentality I don't know if that's just like a millennial thing or like you know I love old school boomer, you know what I mean but old school is where our roots are now, yes. I believe in evolution. We should evolve. We should always evolve. But that evolution does not mean that the forefront of professional wrestling and the match itself should be the moves that are being made. There shouldn't be moves being made without meaning behind it. Again, uh, getting to that point about no storylines in wrestling. I feel that there aren't storylines, and I think that it has to do with so many people trying to, as they say in the business, get their shit in and get as many moves over as possible so they can get that little 12-second gif. Uh, gif and and get themselves over that way because it's a lot harder for somebody to tell a story in the ring just by using psychology, facial expression, a move, let it marinate as opposed to go from move to move to move. Nobody does that because in my opinion, I just feel we live in a microwave society. You know, we could take a hot pocket, pop it in the microwave and have it done in two minutes, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to say maybe 60 years ago, shit, you were fucking boiling a pot of soup. You know what I mean? It took a lot longer than just nuking it. Uh, we live in a society that's very uh, it's catered to in that sense. So I just feel that the importance is put more on the individual who's putting the match together where they just want to get their shit in and do, hey, I got to get this move out. I got to get this thing out. I got to make this look good as opposed to saying, hey, we got to make sure that we build up towards this move. We got to make sure that we do this move because of this. Oh, I began working your leg, so let me go ahead and have the finish do something with a submission to that leg. Like, there's none, none of that anymore. And it's kind of hard to, in my opinion, to suspend this belief when you know, you're not you're not uh, giving the audience those uh, those silent cues, so to speak, for them to react a certain way, to build, to foreshadow. So that way, the payoff when the match is finished, you know, the crowd goes home happy. Yeah. But that's just me. right. Like Dude, I don't, you know, make I don't a lot know of if sense. you I don't know if you know O Dog, but Who? we had a, we had a conversation. O Dog. O Dog. Yeah, I've heard of him. Okay, <laughs> I, I worked his show yesterday. It's super crazy, and we had the conversation that Ric Flair, Curry Von Eric, Hogan, Warrior, done the same match thirty times. Stick to what you know. Don't yeah. try to do any do anything new. Stick to what you know. Hogan's done the same match forty five times, and nobody noticed. And I guarantee all of us could call his match. 
Right. To the T. You know when the pulse up is going to come. You know we set, when he's setting up for the wave the finger in your face, tell you no, and then the comeback. Like, you know these intricacies within his match. It's not predictability. It's having a formula and a formula that works. Because even though that the people know that it's coming to a certain extent, they are still out of their seat fucking going nuts. It's that still element, over. In my opinion, is gone. You know? My, 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 um, my favorite wrestler in the world, Mr. Ula always says less is more. <laughs> yes, 100%. And that's the, that's the mentality that, you know, I was taught coming up. Uh, the younger guys, I mean, they're told this stuff, but like I said, it's more about getting their shit in. Uh, it's not a knock at the younger guys. It's, it's more of a knock at, I don't know, see, this is where it, it kind of gets a little twisted because you don't want to say the wrong thing and you don't want to necessarily put blame on or a general blanket statement on an entire group of people because it's not the younger guys, so to speak. I just feel that there's not enough emphasis put on the psychology, emphasis put in the uh, in storylines and things like that anymore uh, by coaches, you know? Yeah. I always I always brag about the fact that I went to the Monster Factory. Not because, I mean, yeah, it's great that a lot of, like, you know, talented individuals came from there, but it's not solely because of that. Because I feel I have a great foundation when it comes to wrestling. I have great psychology when it comes to wrestling. I will entertain the shit out of people because we're pretty much taught from day one. It's about that. The crowd comes first. It's not about getting your shit in. You look good, but you have to convey a story, you know? to me that's what it's about but nobody's putting that emphasis on it anymore and I think you know it kind of gets lost as we go from say generation to generation yeah do you think referees should learn medical um like CPR if they're in the ring? No, I, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think, no, no, I don't think it should be required, so to speak, uh, but it's definitely a great thing to have as far as a referee goes. A great asset for anybody to have. You know, uh, I formerly, uh, I went to, to uh, school to become an EMT, so at one point I was CPR certified. Uh, just having that on your resume alone, you know, kind of kicks you up your notches. If you're a referee that knows CPR or that knows some type of first aid, uh, it's going to up the ante for a lot of others where they'll have to step it up. But at the end of the day, I just feel it's for the greater good anyway. You know, should something go wrong, right. you know, in the ring, you want ever, all parties involved to be paired. You know, it's more likely that the referee is going to have to attend the situation as opposed to one of the wrestlers that were just freaking, you know, jumping all around and fucking tired of shit. You know what I mean? Yes, you know, I, I ref and I am certified CPR, first aid, everything. And in my bag is always a mask and gloves because no matter what happens, happens i always have them just in case yeah i'd like to ask that question because wrestlers do um mess up sometimes and hit the ropes and they we've seen that with a bunch of wrestlers recently doing a move wrong hoping somebody would be around to help you no know what matter I mean? what show i'm at there's gloves in my pocket always but i always care oh, about that Ma- matter of fact you got them right now right now yeah. always gloves in my pocket. but that's the whole thing you know i mean you always think about safety first and right well my day job is i i'm a home health aide so i'm in inside the house is working with people you know so the gloves always have to be there in within reach yeah you never know what happens yeah i always ask that i i haven't did that question for a minute i just wanted to see what you will say but um our our buddy right here miss red um trained (laughs) he thought it said trainer so that's why i asked that question My oh, no, no. Brian, I wouldn't give audio. myself that much credit. <laughs> I, I know some shit, but uh, yeah, by no means do I want to claim being a trainer because I still need, I have a shit done to learn, brother. That's <laughs> how I look at it, man. I've been in this game for eight years already. Uh, I still have a long ways to go, and I am still learning every single second that passed by every single match. Who was it that we were talking to? I forget what wrestler it was, and they had said, doesn't matter how long you've been in the business or how long you've been wrestling, there's always something new that you can learn. Oh, yeah. And what was it, Scorpio oh, that said that? Who? Scorpio. Yeah, I think it was, was Scorpio. Scorpio. Yeah, it was Scorpio. Who yeah. was becoming a, became a great friend. Yeah. No, that's awesome. He's, he's great. <laughs> oh, yeah, he Skaggs is, is fucking awesome. Oh, gosh. I, yeah, it was kind of funny. Like, where I was at somewhere, and he goes, I, I remember you. I'm like, I remember you, too. <laughs> Uh, we were we were leaving the icons because he was wasn't there for icons, but he was there for the show at night. And I said, I don't mean to interrupt. I shook his hand, gave him a hug. He's like, you know, staying. I'm like, nah, man, I'm leaving. I got my own show. He's like, all right, brother, nice to see you. Call me, uh, text me later. Like, all right, yeah, yeah, man, that's the key. That's the key. Guys like that, you know, humble guys like that, they always get remembered. I mean, for somebody that's a former WCW World Tag Team Champion, former ECW Television Tag Team World Champion, one of the most humblest guys I've ever met. Between him and Buff, he was. 
was cool too. So I like to, yeah, Buff Bagwell was cool. Yeah, yeah he was oh, really yeah, cool. He was, he was cool to talk to. And he stood there with us throughout the whole con, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. So we like to play a couple games called Table of Five. No, you don't do that yet. Oh, not yet. So <laughs> that, That's for a different question. You so relax. you're the fifth person at the table. So, uh, and I'm going to tell you, this is going to be a theme, and you can't put Danny Cage in uh-oh. there. Okay. Oh, uh, man. All right. <laughs> so you can put. <laughs> well, if you're doing that, then I already know two people is going to list where I'm not saying them, though. No. Don't say any nope. names. No. So you want to do. He likes to do this. He wants to play the game so all the time. Table of five. You want to do Monster Factory wrestlers. Yes. But here's the thing. You're the fifth person. You need to put four people in, that, in them seats. Other than Danny Cage. Can't pick Danny Cage. Danny so you Cage can't put the boss in there? Can't put the boss in there. Because everybody's going to put the boss okay. in there. We know he will be sitting at your table anyway. Right. So that's why we're taking him out. All right. So four okay. people other than Danny Cage. Okay. Four people other than Danny Cage at that right. table. And what's the purpose? Just to yeah. have fun. Factory boys. You go go have a beer. Like, did you ever see the show Table for Five or Table for Three? No, there is a Table for Five. I think it's Table like for Like a wrestling one? Yeah. yeah, like a wrestling one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 They're having so, a conversation. Right. Eating so dinner, you're the fifth one. Drinking. Four other people other than Danny Cage. Okay, to have a conversation about wrestling or just... Whatever you want. Whatever it's, you want to do. Like, okay. you're going to have a beer with them, sit around, and have a steak and a... It's like standing around whatever. like in King of the Hill's right. entrance thing. Yeah. You guys going, yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. Now, mind you, I have done this before with these people, so if I could bring it back, man, to be honest, and be able to have a conversation, just shoot the shit, uh, those four chairs, I would probably end up filling them with uh, probably Matt Riddle, uh, Luis, uh, Damien Priest. Uh, so Matt, Damien, the Blue Meanie. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I'd have to throw Meanie in there for sure. So I got oh, yeah. Matt, Luis, Meanie. Great guy. Not to cut you off or interrupt, but I we did the icons back in December, and Meanie yeah. shows up in a blue Santa outfit. Holy shit. And, I think and I saw Tra- the pictures you posted. Right. And Tracy <laughs> is in like a blue Mrs. Claus outfit. Yeah, Tracy's amazing, man. Oh, yeah. She, she, she rocked. That's my girl right there. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're both awesome. Oh, yeah. All right, um, fourth one. Oh, yeah, fourth chair, fourth chair. So right now, we're shooting the shit with Meanie, with Damian Priest, with Riddle. I think the fourth person that I'd sit down there... Ah, just for a good laugh would be Nick Camarado. <laughs> there you go. And, and congratulations yeah. to Nick Camarado for Say what? being engaged. Oh, oh yeah. And him yeah, and Becky yeah, Phillips got engaged. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, a while back. They did it at uh, MCW. Right. So yeah, I, Nick's a great guy, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. Real, real quick, I have a Meanie story for you. So I went to a concert out in Philly on South Street, and I see Meanie up there in the Starbucks up top, him and Chase here having coffee and they're talking, whatever. And my friends are like, let's go up and say hi. I'm like, no, let him enjoy. Don't be a fan like that. Let him enjoy. I see him three days later, and he goes, motherfucker, you're not a fan, though. You could have came up and said hi. I'm like, yeah. you're right. I got a Meanie That's story, too. Oh. Yeah, man. Meanie, Meanie's one of the best people, man. I love him. He, oh. He's one of the best people, most fucking down-to-earth people to talk to. Yeah, I he mean, is. I mean, he's always here for that cheap popping catering, so. It's true. <laughs> now, so you were in Ring of Honor doing commentating. How was that? It was pretty cool, man. Uh... You know, I uh, started working with them in 2015. Uh, just started as Ring Crew. Uh, I, uh, when Silas Young had come to the Monster Factory to do a show, him and I hit it off. You know, we started shooting the shit or whatnot. Next time they were in town, uh, he hits me up. He's like, hey, dude, you want to come by? You know, say hi to the boys and stuff. And at that point, I was like really green. Like, I was about a year in. So I was very hesitant. Like, oh, man, I don't want to get in trouble. You know, people don't know me like that. I don't want to step on toes. Whatever. Um, he's like, no, don't worry. You're with me. Come on, brother. I'm like, all right, sweet. So I ended up showing up. I started with Ring Crew there. Uh, you know, you're talking about me, Burger, Rhett, uh, uh, Ken Phoenix. You know, we're just there just kind of helping out. <laughs> we were all still rather young in the game. So I started out with them doing Ring Crew. Eventually, I did about tryouts with them uh, as a wrestler and as a commentator. So I got to do both. Uh, they were really impressed by my promo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I could kind of, you know, I, I could speak on the fly. I could, uh, I could go, uh, you know, head to head with a lot of people on the mic so they saw that in my promos and uh it wasn't too long after the second tryout that uh kevin kelly and uh delirious reached out to me and they're like hey dude you know we see you at the shows you uh, you're, you're willing to travel with us and 
so I appreciate the effort you put in. Uh, we got a spot. Do you want to do bilingual commentary? I was like, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was going to do the pay-per-views in Spanish, uh, the Spanish simulcast. So I would do those. And then Future of Honor and Women of Honor, I'd be doing uh, commentary with Ian Riccoboni, who, uh, another factory student. Um, and it turned out, I mean, yeah, I started doing all the pay-per-views for, for the Spanish speakers. I was doing Ring of Honor. I mean, uh, Future of Honor and Women of Honor as well as uh, I did a few episodes for TV as well. Uh, but just getting the experience and traveling with them, uh, sitting under Kevin Kelly, sitting under uh, Ian Riccoboni, I mean, that in itself is just like really, really like, it's, it's a treasure trove of knowledge when it comes to commentary, uh, the delivery, how how and when you should say things. I mean, it's all a, a psychology to it, just like wrestling. Right. So I, I really enjoyed my time. It's uh, You know what? It's really cool watching the future of honor when I see friends that I've worked with and they get bigger, like Eric Martin, who, who yeah, hundred percent. Right, hundred percent. And, and I've it's been able really to call, cool. Yeah, I, I I called friends matches, you know, and that right there is when it started hitting me. I'm like, fuck, man, I'm literally part of their history now. I'm calling this match like I called Nick's first Future of Honor match. I called uh, one of Luis's matches. I called like that. You know, that in itself, I'm like, you can't erase that, man. Like it's like me now becoming a wrestler. One of the biggest pieces of advice that I will say this quick story. Uh, I hold this dear to me. Uh, Damian Priest, when I started at the factory him and i became really tight like that was like some big brother shit like he always looked out for me he always had my best interests uh always helped me out he's a fucking great guy and there's not a pill thing i would say about him uh one of the first pieces of advice when i started at ring of honor he uh we were hanging out we were at his place uh or yeah we were at his place and we sat down we were just talking he's like hey dude so it's official uh dad just uh, published an article with me you know talking about how i'm you know part of the company now and it's like official man just know any little thing you say or do from now on it's going to get looked at by everybody and anybody and if anybody wants to damage you they're going to do it just remember you can type your name into google and things will come up that are pertaining to you because you are the only Rico de la vega and i was like wow i was like that's some deep shit bro but like he's right you know you you now have been able to leave your legacy and it's up to you at that point if you're going to leave a good legacy or if you're going to leave like shit along the way you know so i hold that very high regard uh you know so when it comes to things like that the fact that i've been able to call you know matches for him call matches for nick call matches for uh for a lot of different people that are now on that bigger uh stage to me that's a history that cannot be erased whether they like it or not you know yeah that makes a lot of sense like our it, it history does. Was just... he just answered another question too yeah you I mean, answered a question right. into it so we didn't have to say it <laughs> So right. that's awesome. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's cool to go out there and like referee matches and stuff like that with these new up and comers and then see them years later on AEW and WWE and Ring of Honor and stuff like that. Like I refed Eric Martin's matches before he was in Future of Honor. Yeah. You know, so it's like really cool to see these guys like, hey, I knew you when you were on the small time and, and now was, you're getting yeah. big time. And it wasn't for you, you telling um, Brian, it's like, hey, DB can do commentating with Dave right. Adams. And, and now you're getting bigger gigs, too. And you're welcome. I go down to 1CW and do little podcast stuff with people and do mini little interviews. It's so fun. You know what I mean? I enjoy right. doing this. And I, my goal yeah. is to hit 200 interviews in this year. And I mean, this is 144, so. No, Ooh. it could be 45, 145. Well, I mean 145, but we're getting there. We're, we're about ready to hit season three. Yeah, we're in season so, three. Yeah, we're in season Season three now. We're in season three. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty awesome, yeah. fellas. Shit. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, not to toot our own horns. We've had guys. You have a horn? Well, it's in the bedroom. Okay. Um, we've had guys. We've, we've had second generation in... Um, Eric Watts and people going who who's Eric Watts I'm like go learn your history um, mm-hmm. Ken Dixon Chris Hamrick um, C.W. Anderson C.W. Anderson <laughs> yeah Louis Dangerously Sign Guy Dudley Bay Ragney Chubby Dudley hey, you know and they all keep coming and coming and hanging out and so we appreciate the workers from the announcers to the refs to the wrestlers thank you for coming on our show and thank you Rico for coming on our show as well don't forget Red Titus guys oh, what is wrong with you Red Titus season for, uh, Red Titus yes not nah, for sure not nah. I appreciate you guys just for having a platform where we can kind of, you know, kind of relax and just be ourselves and get right. to talk about some good shit, you know, just wrestling as a whole, you know, we all, that all is, uh, that's the glue that binds us all. So I'm glad that we have this platform that we can go ahead and, you know, share our love and appreciation. Like we, we have a mutual friend and he's like, you need to get bigger names on because people don't know who these are. I'm like, that's why we're putting on our show so that you do know who they are. So you can get to know who they are. Yes, that's true. Right. Yeah. But like, I, I like this 
this question. I like to answer this question or give questions out and all that cool stuff. So, like, when my family, like, I told them, like, I love wrestling and this is what I'm going to do with my podcast and all that. And, and when you started wrestling, how was your parents telling them? what you wanted to do in life. Well, <laughs> my mom, I mean, she was automatically on board. If it wasn't for my mom, I wouldn't have covered wrestling, to be honest. Or, I mean, I would have, but when I did, it was because of her. She uh, she put it on TV and she was like pointing it out and I was just like awestruck. And I'll, I'll never forget one of the first people that I saw, uh, the Ultimate Warrior ran across the street and I was like, holy shit, like it's just this green streak of a man just fucking running around a ring and shaking the ropes. I'm like, okay, you got me. But what, what What's going on here? Then you got the guy that comes out afterward who's just as colorful, uh, you know, maybe a little less to toned down as far as like, you know, running around and shit. But OK, these guys are about to get it in. This is going to be exciting. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, ever since then, she's the one that put me on wrestling. So once she, she found out that I was training, you know, she was like, oh, wow, good for you. You know, because that's initially. All right, let's see if he's going to stick with it. Because, you know, I, I think that goes through every parent's head. Yeah. Uh, but she was supportive nonetheless. But uh, but no, once she saw me making waves and then got to see me on television and, and, and all these different things happening, I was like, I, I was like, yeah, this is uh, getting pretty serious. And she's like, yeah, I'm glad you stuck with it. I, I knew you had something to contribute to that world. I just didn't know what it was yet. And I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> so even to this day, you know, still uh, still going strong or, you know, trying to get to the next uh, to the next level, so to speak. And, uh, you know, she's still supportive. All the people that have supported me, they're, they're still there with me. That, that is awesome. Hey, you know, I say it time and time again, my mom hated the fact that both me and my brother were doing this. My my mom my mom went to one show and my brother took a power bomb from Derek Domino and nope oh, wow. never again. And meanwhile, uh, an all Keener story. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> At least she didn't fall asleep. Because we're gonna go right into that story right now, road trip stories. I love road trip stories. So the sleeping in the back of the car thing was a story. We, we were on the road and we were wait, 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 wait. We were doing a show for a company called PWF up in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. And it was back when a guy named Steve Carino was running the company. Gangrel comes up, he does a main event spot. We're on our way home and he falls asleep in the car. So here's the, the thing that why I pick on him now. So I we were trying to learn how to do interviews, how we're going to do everything because this was like let's ask Keener because Keener is a re um, the wrestling business let's do an interview with him and try it out and like it's not a bad idea let's do it and I asked him about a road trip story he goes Gangrel fell asleep he didn't say anything else he just said Gangrel fell asleep and I'm like I mean and? the phone could have cut in and out you never know and then I'm like and and he goes oh that's it that's the story and then I'm like oh okay I mean you have a road trip story too yeah I fell asleep in the back of the car no Frankie Picard <laughs> <laughs> no like that's a little red back and forth yeah the, I do have a Frankie Picard and story Frankie Picard hit my heat my heater in my car and he fell asleep and fell asleep in your car in my car yes oh man good old Frankie oh yeah <laughs> but you see nothing but love for Frankie though nothing but love oh, he's my first interview we did for a podcast so the other podcast made, yes that means Not a lot one. to me means a lot when we started everything out and all that and then um, Frankie fell asleep and then you got Devin Moore and um, Drew Blood in the back rolling down the windows because it was so hot and I'm like how do I wake up somebody I just met you know what I mean like very, very careful. Yes, yes. I, right. I, I never sound like. No, wait, not to cut you off. Mind you, it's snowing outside. Yes, it was snowing up in um magic. They went up to pro wrestling magic. Yeah, that's where uh, Brian. Okay. That's where Brian Pillman took a chop. So. Oh, the one from math. <laughs> yeah, from oh. math. Oh yeah. So oh. so like we're driving back and all, and I'm like, how do I wake this guy up? And then like like five minutes later, like then he goes, it's hot in here. It's hot in here, brother. What are you doing, man? Come on. I was like, oh, oh. I was like, you put oh, the heat on. Come on, brother. What are you doing? I was like, oh, um, you put your knee to the um, heater. Wait a minute, stop. He told you the story, Brian? Yes, yes. I've heard the story so many times. <laughs> it's still funny. <laughs> it's, what you're saying it is just like... Or, or is, that, is that a good impersonation that's of him? Good. That's a little good. Okay. So my, my our sound guy is really good friends with Frankie. Okay. So And Frankie's told him the story numerous times. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't know how to wake you up. He's like, I'm sorry. And that's the fun part of the story. It's okay, brother. Come on. Let's go get some McDonald's. All right. But my other um, road stories is with this guy right here. And don't ever let him touch your radio. Because it pisses me off. Wow. You didn't say oh, anything no, yesterday no. when I touched it. 
Yeah. Because I was tired. I didn't care. Wow. Oh, yes. Good morning. Good morning. You woke up again. So we went what all the way up. To, oh, I never told the story ever on the air. Which one? The wallet story. I was oh, so that wallet up. story. I wasn't there for that. I know. I went up with Justin and George right here. I was working. So we stopped at one of, the, like, Matt, what was it, Jersey Mike's? All the way up to Titan. We went to Ocean Titan. Ocean County, New Jersey. Yeah, we were going up there for outside doors to show. So we, went, we stopped at Jersey Mike's. Was that the goddesses show you guys went to without me? I think so. Yeah, it was. So I put down my wallet. I'm not paying attention. You know what I mean? I put it down. I filled my drink and we went outside. George was the last person to order food. Didn't say anything. I, we get all the way up to on to Titan, and out for nowhere, I'm like, where's my wallet? I'm going like this because I, I have Justin's money. I'm like, oh my gosh, where's my wallet? Can't find the wallet anywhere. And George goes, oh, I saw it at Mag- um, Jersey Mike's. And I'm like, what? Why you didn't tell me? He goes, oh, I didn't want to bother anybody. What's that? It is around the corner. But Not the point, though. Not the point. You know what I mean? But thank God the people be- after him picked up the wall, gave it to the people there. When I got back to him, you left something, didn't you? I'm like, yes, I did. <laughs> But, but he didn't tell me anything till we got there that I left the wallet. He goes, oh, I didn't know. But you saw the wallet. You know I was before you. You could have went, hey, you left your wallet in there. At least I paid for my food. Okay. Wow. So wow. do you have any road stories? All that to lead uh, into a rib story. Yeah, yeah. Road story and a rib story. Two for one. Two for one right there. Ah, I feel so special. <laughs> <laughs> Not your ordinary average podcast. No, that's dope, man. You got to have stories, man. Without the stories, trust me, it's, uh, you know, you always want to think of the end goal, but the stories, the the, the the getting there, that's the actual fun part, man. That's where all the good shit happens. The yeah. payoff is going to be that end goal, but that in between, man, you take that shit for granted before you know it. You want to go right back to where you were, you know? <laughs> we really did get to yeah, all right. I was waiting for a road story, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> Uh, moving on. My bad. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Yeah, no, you're fine. <laughs> but, you, but it makes sense. You're like, you, it's the truth right there. Like, if right. you don't have a story, then it's then not. Why tell it? Yeah, but I got tons of stories. Yeah. I can write a book. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to associate things, and I'm like, ah, fuck. There's not anything that I can segue any story yet. Like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but we got we got time. You can come back and just like, I got a story, and be like, oh, okay, cool. Let's listen to it. Just don't <laughs> just don't pull a Chris Hamrick when when we go. All right, hey, see you later. Two seconds later, he calls. You ready for run round two, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> Holy uh, shit. We no. we we have to send that. Out. We have to send some of the Chris. Stuff Chris is a great dude and a great friend. Yeah, we have to. <laughs> send your list of um, interviews and you can one day you go I want to listen to this episode right here like wow <laughs> they're crazy you want to do that you want to do let's that let's do that you want to do that let's do oh, that uh oh so Uh-oh. we we Rico's played like oh shit what do they got for me now fuck so so there's a bunch of me, 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 me. little things in this um, container I have here. A bunch of um, questions or... What kind of questions are or there? Pick one of these two things or... But what kind of questions are they? There are a lot of questions. Oh, you want me to go right into... What kind of questions are they? The five questions of, of doom. doom. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to play the five questions of doom with Rico Del Vega. Oh my gosh. Now, <laughs> mind you, okay, all these questions are non-wrestling related. Ah, oh, fuck. Then you, you guys are just straight fucking me. <laughs> with the poll. It's you all won't. I know. <laughs> Are you ready? Question number one. Heathcliff or Garfield? Ooh. Ah, oh, Heathcliff. Heathcliff. He's the only one they know. That's Heathcliff, brother. Yeah, he yeah. got Heathcliff. Understand, man. I love Garfield. Don't get me wrong. I love them both. You got Garfield. Who doesn't love a cat that fucking is a smart ass uh, and eats pasta and basically anything that comes in front of him? Oh, yeah. That's cool. I'm cool with that. However, you're talking about Heathcliff. You're talking about a cat who survived the slums of the junkyard to be domesticated, living with, you know, an actual family, but still goes back to the hood in the junkyard to chill with his, you know, his friends. He you know, you got a rhyming cat, cat on stage. They got the badass fucking junkyard car. Come on, man. And you <laughs> yes. got the chick with the leg warmers, the cat with the leg warmers. You can't oh. And yeah. the theme song, the theme song's pretty fire. Heathcliff, Heathcliff. Yeah. <laughs> are you ready for a question? Uh, real quick. Are your windows shut? Are your windows shut? Are your windows shut? Yeah, sure. Because it's snowing. <laughs> 
Okay, wow. Yeah, fuck that noise. <laughs> yeah, right? He's like, I just found out it's snowing. Okay. Question number two. Favorite 80s movie? Oh, man. See, fuck, you can't narrow it down to one. <laughs> you know, he has a point. If you ask me that question, uh, I would just go John Hughes. That's my answer. <laughs> Hey, you know what? That was gonna, I was going to do more genres. That definitely is going to be a genre. You know, any 80s teen movie, like Coming of Age, like, you know, fucking uh, uh, Ferris Bueller, uh, 16 Candles, like all them shit. Like, yeah, that definitely Club, is in a category. John itself. Hughes. Breakfast, but, hell yeah. But they're like, in like here. They're in here already. Favorite John Hughes movie. Dude, it's in. Is it in there? Yeah, it's in there. Somewhere. So it's like Prego. Yes. It's in there. It's in there. <laughs> Yes. In there like swimwear, man. There you um, go. <laughs> but, you know, you have to think, you know, fucking, you got bangers like those. If you're looking for something a bit more serious, I have to go with, and I think that's probably every Hispanic boy my age, I would have to say Scarface. I mean, you, you, I, I love the build up. Look, Rico de la Vega in itself is, is kind of embodies that. You know, he's from the gutter. Uh, he, he, he rose above all the bullshit to become the cartel kingpin, to become somebody of, of importance. Right, you know? but the, the only thing he, I thought the only thing I thought that was funny about that movie was um oh god who played Scarface what was his name Al Pacino here's here's an out and about pure Italian guy pure Italian playing a Spanish crime boss it was great it was one of the best role reversals I've ever seen how genius was that and he fucking killed right. it he killed it see I liked him in Kalita's way but that's me. Oh, that was... oh yeah he plays a Puerto Rican there right. same shit was that was that <laughs> yeah and then, I mean, if I'm going good Spanish movies or Spanish actors, I always go with um, James Almos. Oh, Edward James Almos. Edward James yeah, Almos, yeah. Amazing actor. Loved him in, why can't I think of the movie? Selena? No, not that one. Selena, 187. Uh, the one where he played uh, the... Uh, he's the teacher, the teacher. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. What was that yeah, one? Yeah, uh, uh, was it winning seven? Stand and Deliver. Yeah, yeah. Stand and Deliver. There it is. That's one of my favorite Stand and Deliver. Love that movie. Love that movie. That one in American Me. Yes. American Me, American yes. Me, he was yes. That shit. Yes. I own all the movies anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah. And you, uh, can't, you can't mention American Me without mentioning Blood In, Blood Out. Let's just put that up. Right. There we go, yeah. <laughs> Ready for question number three? Question number three. Ninja Turtles or Power Rangers? Teenage bro, Ninja Turtles all day. I just bought the whole um, season. T U R T. I was watching all the old ones here, right? After I would come home from school, dude, it'd be Ninja Turtles at 4.30. Religiously. There was nobody taking me away from that TV. It was the same concept. When it came to Ninja Turtles, it was the same thing as like me watching Raw. You're not taking me away from that television. No. Uh, but no, Ninja Turtles all day. I had all the figures. I had all, you know, it, it had a great story. You know, four turtles, mutagen, they grow, they kick ass. You know, the Power Rangers was just a bunch of... I couldn't relate to the Power Rangers because they're over here having fucking juice bars in their high school. Uh, I didn't grow up like that, you know. Uh, I'm built a little different. So I couldn't don't really be you, relatable to a bunch you. of rich kids, you know, throwing on some outfits and, hey, Dragon Zord and all that shit. Not to say it was a bad show because I fucked with it, but... <laughs> right. If I had to pick one, it's definitely Turtles all day. Oh, yeah. Go, Ninja. Go, Ninja. Go. What are you going to say, Brian? Damn right. So I got a question Kevin Nash. For you. I got a question yes. Who is your favorite Teenage uh, Who's your favorite turtle? So, favorite Donatello Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, Michelangelo. I'm a Donatello guy all day. I and am, too. Simple weapon. He had a stick, and he was smart. So, not only could he kick ass, but he could fucking come up with something that'll kick your ass. It's true. I mean, Corey Feldman was in that movie, so. So. Yeah. <laughs> so like like you were talking about going home after school and all that I I had to watch DuckTales Tailspin yeah that, that hour and a half of cartoons Tailspin DuckTales yeah. Chippendale Rescue um, Rangers Chippendales and Darkwing Duck yep. yeah yes Disney, that, that, that used to come on right after school. But yeah, right. I always left that 4.30 spot. The 4.30 spot belongs to fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Come home, wait, watch so cartoons. You guys are from the area. I'll never forget. And, and I hate that this is going to sound very old school. But I always remember switching from PHL 17, where they would give Darkwing Duck and all those, over to Philly 57 when it was Philly 57. 
to watch Turtles. Like, that's my memory. Wow. Local boy. Yes, Because I grew up poor. I didn't have cable. <laughs> so well, I don't you, remember that shit. Yeah, you could probably edit this out. Where did you grow up? Uh, man, that's big and deep. Uh, but I don't mind saying it. Uh, after I came from Puerto Rico, okay. I ended up in North New Jersey, and I lived there for about a few months before I uh, came down to Paulsboro. So literally grew up where the Monster Factory is at. We were just there. Like, literally, in that area. Yeah. We were in William, not Williamstown. We were in Westville. Yeah. Right there. That's where Super Crazy is. Right there in Deptford. Yeah, he's yeah. a, he's a local guy. Yeah. Right there. I, I grew up grew up in Paulsboro. Went to Paulsboro High School the whole nine. I, uh, you know, I moved away. It, I'm just one of those people, man. I, I can't. I'm a firm believer in in order for, for you to grow, you need to expand your horizon. Right. And that means geographically as well. I've lived many places, you know. I, I, I went from Jersey to North Carolina to Virginia to Miami to Philly to Brooklyn to Allentown to fucking. Now I'm in Green Bay, Wisconsin, you know, of all places. But. You, you gotta were, go where you where said the you're in Allentown. Came. Did you go up to WXW? I'll, I'll oh, finish. I know the I know the guys over there. Yeah, yeah. I, I know the guys over there. I uh, I actually when I, I lived in Whitehall at the time because me and Riddle we were rooming together, so right. I was living in Whitehall. Uh, yeah, so I got real familiar with the local scene there for a little bit. I was uh, I actually rode up to a few shows with uh, with Kakoa. Uh, yeah, I know Mike. Obviously, I know uh, you know uh, Philly's finest. So South Philly's finest. So Uh-oh. you know Jimmy and Lucas are always Jimmy. big great guys with me in there. Yeah, guys, so. Real quick, not not to interrupt, I want to send my sincerest condolences out to Jimmy Conway. Was yeah. just about to say that as well. Yeah, yeah. I haven't gotten to speak to the brother because uh, you know, obviously, this is not something that he's probably getting bombarded by a bunch of people. But right. yeah, I don't, I don't want to bother this, him, but I just want to send it out for sure. If you hear this, man, my sincerest condolences because right. I know my my was very special to him and amongst a lot of other people, and I'm pretty sure everybody who she graced with her presence is going to remember that. So. Keep your head up, homie, and, uh, you know, we're here, man. Wrestling's here. Uh, We got you. Right. So a friend of mine also trained up there with WXW. I don't know if you know him. You know a guy named Ethan Essex? You know how wrestling is, man. I oh, yeah. probably have heard of him. Not sure if I've crossed paths. You never know, though, but he was up there. So, moving on. We, we, we kind of sidetracked still, him, but still. Yeah, big sidetracked. I'm waiting yeah. for question number four. <laughs> but, holy crap. All right, you said it. So, question number four is? Apple or Android? I thought you were going to say apples apple. or bananas. Yeah, I was going to say, hey, hey, hey. Uh, no, definitely apple products, man. It, it, it is what it is. If I, like my, look, I've had both. So yeah. it's not nothing about being biased. I started out with Apple, ended up making a change twice to Android. First time was not impressed. I was like, ah, fuck it. Let me give it another shot. Let me see what's up. Um, went to Android. Dude, when you take pictures and every person in your picture looks like somebody from Minecraft, it, it's a problem. Like, hey, no. hey, I have an Android. I like my Android. I like my Android. We're not going to take this podcast to shit on Android. However, I do have my preference, and Apple just does everything. Everybody Apple, in the studio has got an Android. <laughs> I have an Android. That's a struggle phone, man. That's a struggle phone. You got to no. go through the struggle a little bit. You'll you wake to... up soon. Don't worry. You have to see Any, the pictures now. They're so much better. Anybody else got a spoon? <laughs> because he's just stirring the pot. Okay, question number five. Question number five. Bugs Bunny or Mickey Mouse? Oh, Bugs. All okay. day. And Bugs that all will... day. Mickey's too restricted. Mickey, Mickey, he's a Disney character, so he's not going to be as badass. Uh, Bugs is just, uh, I mean, look what he did to Elmer Fudd. Look how he outsmarted everybody. He's a boss. Oh, my darn. Let's see. I can't do it. I used to be able to do the Elmer Fudd voice. I can't do it anymore. Well, I hate that rabbit. Oh, I hate that rabbit. Dagnabbit. Hey, Fred. <laughs> Oh, God. You ever have a geek out moment? Like, I know I have numerous times. He geeks out for his brother, Mike. No, 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 no. You geeked out for the uh, Powers of Pain a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it's because they're in all makeup, and you're like, oh, my God. Dude, you were, you were freaking drooling. <laughs> you need a napkin when they walk by. Um... No, I well, yeah. Do you have a geek out moment? Like a geek out moment? Yeah, like <sighs> like mine was. I was sitting there at the one um, ECW event where Carino worked Dusty in a bull rope match, and I'm yeah. sitting there and I'm talking to him, and Dusty walks up and he goes, "All right." When are we doing this, baby? I'm going to go in the back of the bathroom. Uh, I'll see you later. Kind of like geeked out about that. That was cool, though. Sit there and talk to Dusty for a little bit. But it's okay to geek out because in the world, we're all fans, too. Right. Oh, yeah. Trust me. There's times I've gone in the back <laughs> in the locker room and 
hey, oh my God, how are you like sitting there talking to Jerry Lynn in between matches working a show? That was really cool. But anyway, did you ever have to have a geek out moment? Because he was. Uh, yeah, look, and at the expense of sounding very cliche, I think every single time I have an interaction with the, with somebody who I watched before was a geek out moment. Like shit, you have to imagine. Now, mind you, I'm 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 a I'm a I'm a local boy, right? Yeah. So right. I I remember staying up watching ECW on Channel 48. I remember fan, fanboying out to all those matches that you we're, know we're, the Philadelphia Sports Channel. Exactly, dude. Three o'clock so in the morning. Three o'clock in the morning. I was tuned in. So you know, once I started my training and realized that I am being trained by the Blue Meanie, you know, this is the house that Chris Candido came from. This is the house that fucking so many greats that went to ECW came from. Guerrero, that, Ray. Yes, dude. When I met Brian, you know, I, I to this day, I'm like, damn, the Blue Beanie's an actual buddy of mine. Like, I this guy had a hand in training me. You know, uh, I when I met Al Snow, uh, who trained Meanie, I was like, hey, you know, I'm technically like your uh, your 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 grand student. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, yeah. Uh, well, Brian, you know, he was one of the trainers at the Monster Factory when I came up, and he was like, oh yeah, he was like very uh, you know very ecstatic about it. Was, oh yeah, he's such a good dude. You know, you'll learn a lot from him, especially since. I trained him. I love Al Snow. He, he was a he was a pleasure to speak with. Uh, but geek out geek out moments. I would have to probably say, oh shit, man. Probably. I think I'm gonna have to narrow it down. But if I have to narrow it down to the finest compound, uh, I don't think I can. I'm gonna I'm gonna toss up two of these. All right. Okay. So the right. first one being just sharing the locker room with Scott Hall. Uh, That's pretty cool. Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon was very intricate in my childhood as far as like somebody who like a wrestler that put it this way you know I'm a kid I, who I knew shit about kayfabe this when I found out I was an adult when I found out Razor Ramon was a white guy that stands well <laughs> uh, so I'm like number one this Razor Ramon guy mean streets of Miami He's an Islander like me, and he came up from nothing, and now he's doing big things in the WWF. And he's a Hispanic. That's representation. That makes me want to do this more. Do you so know what he based that character it. on? Yeah, it was Scarface. Yeah, he and based that character on Scarface. That oh. whole character was Scarface. Yeah, it was all Scarface, but McMahon never saw the movie, so he just ate it up right. and he ran with it. But yeah, but like I said, I, I was like, I was intrigued. The entire character, his whole style, everything. You know, you'll see elements of it in my moves. You'll see elements of it in the way I act. Uh, I got to share a locker room with him last year. Brief interaction, but just the fact that he was standing right there, and I'm like, yo, I emulated. Like, I fucking did shit. Your ladder match with Shawn Michaels is top three for me. Like, you know, just being in his presence was really, really cool. Now, another one that was most recent was when I... Now, I met Sandman before. Yeah, uh, him and I, we got to meet at... Uh, yeah, we met at House of Hardcore years ago. We hung out. I met him a few times. He came out to the Ring of Honor. So, uh, we were past the formality. Uh, we got to see each other again back this past October in... Uh, no, bullshit. September uh, at AAW in, uh, in Chicago. But this was on a different level. I didn't just get to hang out with him because I happened to be at the show. I was part of the fucking show. So, he comes out and Singapore came to me and my... Uh, uh, my tag partner. Like, dude, I, when they told me that the Sandman's gonna cane me, I was fucking, that was it for me. I geeked out. I was like, dude, I'm about to get caned by the Sandman. <laughs> like, I literally remember when the Singapore cane was a big thing in the news and how he adopted that whole fucking thing. So, like, to be able to be hit by the Sandman's cane, yeah, fuck that. I, I was so hyped. <laughs> dude, that, that's pretty awesome. So, that, you had mentioned the WrestleMania letter match. So that leads into the next question. For me, that's one of my top three. So the question is top three favorite matches of all time. And top three matches of your career. There you go. All time. So we want to know your uh, three favorite and then your three favorite. I'm going to have to say in no particular order either. Doesn't matter. We're going nope. we're, we're, we're to find uh, that ladder match is up there. Just the the storytelling in it, man. It, it wasn't just a bunch of spots for the sake of doing spots. Everything had meaning, you know, from the moment that, you know, they stepped in the ring. Then when Sean hurt his ankle, you know, on the outside with the, with the barricade and shit, like, everything right. was so genuine and to the point, and the story, the back and forth. It, it wasn't your typical match as far as the way it was formatted, but it was formatted to the point where it was entertaining, and it connected with the audience and told that story and, and relayed that whole, uh, the whole passion behind the entire, you know, 
storyline. Uh, I mean, so that's up there. That's what made me come up with that question of how did we get here? Like you watched the whole storyline of how the build up was for that match. Like you don't see it anymore. So what would be yeah. the second one? Uh, second one, I'd have to put up there. I want to say. I don't know if it's... I'm going to probably confuse the pay-per-views, but it's uh, Perfect and, and uh, Hart. So, Kurt Hennig and, and Bret Hart. 91 SummerSlam? SummerSlam uh, 91, yeah. SummerSlam 91. Yeah, it is 91. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because 92 was Wembley Stadium. So, yeah. Right. 91. That's my that, favorite. Yo, that, that, I like that one. When that, you when you take that match and break it down, and just, just watch it, just as a wrestling fan and as an enthusiast, just look at the technical stuff. Like, not even... Nobody's doing a flip. Nobody's doing a moonsault. No fucking amazing fucking mind-blowing spot. Everything is pretty simple, but not simple in a way that it's uh, making fun of it or taking away from what they're doing. But right. it's simple in the sense that it's like, it reads like a like like instruction, you know? It's not an overcomplicated thing. That match just runs so smoothly, and it's not just what they do, but how they do it. Everything, it's, transitionally, it just rolls smooth. The story rolls smooth, and the ending, there's a big payoff. So that's definitely up there in my top. I mean, Perfect's um, perfect probably the best technical wrestler in history. My book. Yes, yeah. yes. I'm there with Daniel Bryan, I'll say that. I'm right. there with, uh, with, with Brian Danielson. I mean, uh, Dean Malenko, uh, see, they just keep coming. I'm not even going to start because I'll just keep going. But <laughs> yeah, 100%. Kerr Hennig is definitely up there. That, um, that, that match was one of my favorites of all time. Right, I mean, I popped when he showed up at WrestleMania 9, so... Oh yeah, hundred percent, man. Yeah, I, I, I wish things would have you know been different, obviously, but yeah, that 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 would have uh, been a career that would have extended way longer. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, so, what was your so, third favorite match? Man, uh, so I got. I got about two or three I'm juggling in my head. Let me... I think I'm going to go with... I'd be remiss not to mention... And again, people will debate this with me. Hulk Hogan, Rock, WrestleMania 17. Not for anything that was done as far as moves, but simply the storyline and the audible that was called in that match. Yeah, yeah I remember just, that promo that led into that. Yes, it was a switch. They right. had to make a quick switch. And it looked... So fucking good, yeah. and the emotion was there, and they were able to work that on the fly. That to me is fascinating. The match to have a top match, you don't necessarily have to be the one with the fanciest or the crazy group, in no. my opinion. I think that it's what you convey, it's what you put out there that creates the memory. You know, a lot of people, especially these days, they create moments. I want to create a memory. I want something that you're not going to forget as far as it's off. Uh, as soon as it comes off your timeline. I don't want something that you're going to forget when you go home and take a shit after the show. Yeah. I want something that's going to stick out and you're going to be like, wow, that dude Rico's a fucking asshole. <laughs> he just said, hey. Or, hey, man, anytime they, they hear the name Rico or De La Vega or something, or anytime they talk about their experience in wrestling, if they're a casual fan and it was their first show, I guarantee you that they're going to run back and tell their buddies, hey, man, we used to watch wrestling back in the day. I went to the show. There was this jerk named Rico just talking to shit, you know, with his little, his pretty boy hair and this, that, the other thing. Dude, I've heard but it. But it got you and, over. Right. And, and again, and I say these things humbly, man. And I only use myself as an example because I can only speak for myself, not for the next guy. Yeah. But I do these things so that I can stick out like a sore thumb in somebody's head. Not that night. I want this memory to last them for a, a fucking while. Not just as, you know, when the gift just leaves your fucking Twitter feed and then you're done. So what about your top three favorite matches, the ones that you were involved in? I think my top three favorite, favorite matches, I would have to say, would be so top three. So again, no particular order. Nope, no particular order. I would have to say my very first match, <laughs> simply because it was uh, it was thrown together. So here, here's a story before I get into that. It's not much of a story, but obviously I went to wrestling school because I wanted to become a wrestler. Right. Uh, but the factory and everybody, they found out that I was a, a good talker from the gate. You know, you don't teach that. That's just something natural. So, you know, you don't go to wrestling school to learn to talk. So once they found out that, you know, I was powerful on the mic, uh, you know, Danny Pitch, he was like, hey, yeah, man, you could, you could definitely talk, that's for sure. I remember QT and uh, and Damien, they pitched to Danny. I was like, hey, dude, why don't you let them manage us? You know, and that's when Real Life Heels was. Uh, I started managing them because I, you know, I could go toe-to-toe on the stick. I could cut their promos. They could look badass. I could look badass as their advocate, so to speak. Then we brought on Riddle. That fucking 
made it a fucking phenomenon. Uh, Monster Factory Tag Team tonight, Champions. Absolutely. Now, the first match that I had uh, was me tagging with QT and tagging with Luis, with with, uh, with Damien, and uh, versus, I want to say it was Mike Spanos. But, oh, it was Mike Spanos, Clutch Adams, and Cliff uh, Compton. So, Cliffy was there. Um, so, yeah, that was that. I love that match, again, not because it was a barn burner, but just because, you know, it was my first match, and I didn't touch the ring, but twice. Right. And it was just for me to go in, they tagged me in, I did a few stunts, I came back out, then it was a fuck finish, uh, so they basically, you know, they wailed on, uh, they wailed on one of them, you know, everybody got bumped out to the outside, and they hit the finisher on the other one, I want to say it was Spanos, tagged me in, and I took the pin, and I fucking pinned uh, for, for the, I believe at that time, they got the champion championships from from Spanos and Clutch Adams. So yeah, so I pitched I, I pinned Spanos and they got the titles at that time. Okay. You guys hear me? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Perfectly. Okay. I, I was just so, making yeah, so I, we're paying attention. No, 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 that's cool. I, I thought I lost you guys. But no, uh Nope. You know, Not that's yet. why one of but that's why it's uh, one of my favorite matches. Like I said, it's the first one but Without me even being that involved, I was still involved enough where people knew my name and people remember that fuck finish. And they remember that I am the one that pinned for the MFBW Tag Team Championship. That's pretty cool. I remember you were up yeah. at Titan at one point, so I remember you from there. Where at? Titan. Wasn't oh, yeah, yeah, Titan. Yeah. Yeah, I was just there last year. That was the last time I was over there. Yeah, so that's a good time. What were you with, um, Benjamin King? Yeah, yeah, we actually have the group now called The Division. Division, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There we so go. we're all uh, involved in that. So yeah, looking forward to go back there at some point. Um, so so yeah, that's the one. Uh, let's see, second match that I'm really really uh, that I really like is oh my goodness. Oh, you know what? I really enjoyed the match that I had with. Uh, it was me. Uh, you know, a lot of people know I have a tag team. I'm part of a tag team uh, out in Chicago for AAW. Uh, we're known as La Sociedad Boricua. My tag partner, uh, Axel Rico, and myself, we were putting a handicap match against uh, Impact uh, uh, Jake something. So we had Jake something in a handicap match, and, you know, we got got up on him for a little bit, but then he ended up demolishing us. He put us through a door the whole night. But again, it's story-driven. The yeah. story, we're a couple of assholes. We were antagonizing everybody again. Right. on people's fucking nerves. So here comes Jake something, answering a challenge that we really didn't want him to answer. But he answered, he delivered, the people went home happy because we got our ass. The story was there. So Everything, true. the seeds were planted. So uh, as long as they went that, home I happy. would throw that in. Absolutely, man. They're the ones that buy the merch. They're the ones that pay for right. the tickets. They're the ones that I want to please. Fuck, if you want to get your little fucking, you know, bullshit over, let's make sure that it's going to be for the benefit of them as opposed to the benefit of your ego. But I digress. That's a whole different uh, conversation. But, uh, Number three. but so I, I'd One say more. the third match. The third match that I probably would put in my top three is going to be... Uh, it's a tough yeah, one, right? It's a tough <laughs> one because I... It's like losing, uh, using your last lifeline. You don't want to use it and then realize later, fuck, I should have said this. Hey, I, I mean, do you need to phone a friend? I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you this right now. In the future, you'll always be welcome to come on to the podcast. So if you go, oh, I have an all-favorite match next time you come on. Right. Then we'll be like, okay. Or, I mean, we could always phone I a friend. Bet. All right, bet. So, yeah, so uh, I'll just throw whichever at this point. As of now, I will use my match against uh, the, the – uh, it's the uh, same thing, uh, La Sociedad Poripa, which is my group with Axel Rico. It was us versus the Golden Gods. The Golden Gods being, uh, if you're familiar with uh, Lucha, it's Gringo Loco and uh, Golden Dragon. Okay. So, Again, it's a little out of my element because, the, you know, Lucha style is not my first language, so to speak, but I've been learning it little by little. And, uh, you know, uh, luckily I've been able to train at Galley Lucha Libre, uh, which is, uh, Rico's actually there. Golden Dragon's actually part of the, uh, the, the, the team there as well. So I've gotten to sit under, you know, their, their learning tree as well as, uh, Aramis, uh, Ares, uh, a lot of like Lucha stars. So the match with them, I really, really enjoyed simply because it took me out of my element, out of my comfort level. Like, you know, play fighting in my underwear with my shirt off isn't enough. With the tape on. Yeah, 
for real. Uh, so basically, with them doing the lucha style and me having to adapt and like go along with it, I think that that helped challenge me and show me that I'm capable of doing that stuff. So I, I take that, you know, I take that and I hold that dearly simply because it was a learning experience and a growth experience for myself. So you know, right. I, I have to throw that in there. Yeah. Right. So we're gonna do our final question. It's the final right. question. That is so horrible. <laughs> so he laughed though. Yeah, he did laugh over there. Yeah, Mr. George, I love really cheesy laughed. music puns. See, so, Rico got it. So you got it. Yeah. What's so. The final question is, when you're working out and stuff like that, what do you listen to? Like, what do you got in your ear? Oh, Music. Bro, uh, so my workouts, they last, like, roughly around an hour and a half. Uh, cardio, 20 minutes. I'm watching wrestling matches on YouTube. Uh, when I get on it, I just put the, the iPhone, uh, well, yeah, my phone on shuffle. There's no set, uh, set genre, because I will be listening to the final countdown. You know, I'll, I'll, be, I'll go from them to rock you like a hurricane to fucking to some Marvin Gaye, uh, to some Spanish, some Bad Bunny, to fucking 90s hip-hop, to, you know, I, I even do Johnny Cash. I'll do some Merle Haggard. I'll do some fucking, uh, you know, Hank Williams. Merle like, Haggard, wow. You're the first person I'll that go. I know that went classic country to work out with. No, that's no, pretty mind cool. You, that's outlaw country. Right. I will do that shit. Like, I, the newer stuff, no, I don't really fuck no. with. I mean, that, I, I saw Kane Brown the other night, so that was pretty cool. You what? I went to the Kane Brown concert. He's a, oh, he's a country singer, yeah. How was that? Oh, it was fucking great. <laughs> yeah, because I don't really, I don't fuck with the new stuff, man. It's mm. too pop for me. Uh, right. And again, like I said, that outlaw country, and uh, again, wait, uh, another analogy here. It's like the, the, the new country, to me, is like wrestling without the storyline. It's just songs with right. wanky boys just to get people dance. When Cash is doing it, when Hank is doing it, it's like, hey, we're talking about something here. Whether it's addiction, whether it's I'm going to fucking shoot somebody or I'm feeling like ass, I might shoot myself. Garth Brooks. talking about something. There's a story behind it. So, yeah, I fuck with that heavy. Right, like when you listen yeah, to Garth Brooks, very... Garth Brooks has got that story behind some of his songs. Okay, no, so, yeah, that, that'd probably be something I'd look into. But, right. but no, bro, it's, uh, I'll, I'll have to check it out, put, throw it on yeah. the mix. But, but yeah, man, I, I go all over the place. Yeah, I mean, uh, But usually I need something upbeat, but I can go with something upbeat. I can't do it in between. I'll either go something very upbeat or I'll take something like, you know, like Nazis on beat to work out with. So it's either one or the other. I can never find, like, no problem. Yeah. And mine is kind of funny because mine goes from maybe like Aerosmith to Anthrax to Metallica to Pantera to the Monkees to CNC Music Factory to Johnny Cash <laughs> to like what you, just hit shuffle. I it, it can be one of the most heaviest, loudest, aggressive songs, and then all of a sudden the Monkees come on. So I don't hey, work hey. out. So I, my People music is monkey around. Right. So do you have any social media for the fans to find you? Oh yeah, I got tons of social media. Uh, well, yeah, you're gonna find me on IG and. Twitter. It's going to be at Real Rico DLV. Last initials of my last name. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Rico de la Vega. Uh, I think that's all the socials, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm not too keen on what they are, but but yeah, no, definitely. I uh, I'm all over the place. Uh, I'm, I'm active on Twitter. I'm active on Facebook. I'm active on Instagram. Twitter and Instagram more so, but, you know, I, I interact, I have an open door policy, you know, as long as everything's re respectful, uh, you know, I'll, I'll definitely love to, uh, love to jump it up with people. That is very, very cool. You know, you're always welcome to, when you come down this way and you want to go get a pizza. We got a good pizza place in Delaware, so you're always welcome oh, yeah? to join us. Yeah, I got good pizza, you know what I mean? I, I don't lie about pizza. <laughs> Necro Butcher. Part of Delaware? Uh, North Wilmington. Okay. Oh shit. Yeah, you're like 20 minutes from the factory. Yeah. 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 So Necro Butcher, um, he came down like for icons, and my friend asked oh, me shit. to take him back to Harrisburg. And I was like, yeah, sure. He paid me to take him back. I was like, we're waiting for Slack to like get back to him because he wanted to get a tattoo. And then he's like, he's like, hey, you want to stop at a pizza place? Because I'm not really hungry, but I was like, I am because I haven't eaten yet. But right. try. You saying how good it is? I'll try it. And I'm like, okay, cool. I took him there, and then he's on his third piece. And he's like, oh, my gosh, this is the best pizza. So I got Necro's um, approval on that one. So if you come out this way, we'll stop by the pizza place. They love having wrestling fans. So I, I just pulled you up on my Facebook wall, sent you a friend request. Apparently, we have 235 mutual friends, me and Rico. And I bet I'm one of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going... 
Yeah, shit ton of people I know. Great people. Yeah, add away, hey, add preacher, away, my man. O-Dog, your friends with dog. Yeah, and, and again. A lot of great people. I'll be working with Josh Adams on Saturday. And again, you oh, are shit. when we bring people on on the 2300 Wrestling, and sometimes I forget to say it sometimes, you become part of our family. So welcome to the family. Uh, thanks, brothers. I, I I appreciate it. I love being a part of good things. Oh, yeah. And this is a good thing. <laughs> so we're going to hit a button. We're going to hit a button, and it's going to say, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. And this has been the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. I'm Dave Keener alongside D.B. Richards, and we'll see you in the ring. And ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking with Rico de la Vega. I can't do that roll off the tongue, so sorry. Bueno, mi gente, my name is Rico de la Vega. And right now, you're listening to the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. And if you're listening to this podcast, it must mean you heard that I was going to be on it because the majority of you listening out there obviously have no good taste. Hasta luego. Hey, boys, cut the check. Sam Alfalsi here. And Zach Ravix. Super Crazy Wrestling, Super Crazy Arena, Skiver Academy. We are indeed the best facility in New Jersey. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, Probably no in the world. Extremely top three, I would say. We have very terrific trainers. Actually, they all come from uh, the Ring of Honor Dojo, so yeah. you already know you're... So they're going to be and they're definitely great oh yeah for sure you're gonna experience some you know pretty elite stuff uh you know we're all about intensity here you know uh we're, we're always here to help we're, we're always reach one teach one that that's our main thing you know i feel like if you're a person that really feels like wrestling is your dream and that's what you want to accomplish this is the best school to come to or burn or or burn okay. oh, brack said so uh, once again you know best school probably in the world definitely in jersey you can find it you can find it on facebook uh super crazy wrestling and scale academy and instagram Super Crazy Wrestling, Scarborough Academy. You can contact Melissa Pena or Oda, and he'll come find you if you don't find him. Or I will. Or, or Brax or, will. Or Brax. You'll burn. No, you won't burn. <laughs>